today in sports betting for Tuesday, July 12th. I'm your host, Doug Reed. And always, as always, you can find me on Twitter at Doug underscore Reed 34. This is Sports Ethos presentation. If you haven't already, check out our website at sportsethos.com. You can get our list of daily podcasts, lots of articles on various sports, from wagering to fantasy to daily fantasy. And you can also see some of our packages. I'm part of our wagering group. You can subscribe for 15 bucks a month, and you'll get a number of games handicapped every night. Right now, mostly baseball and tennis. Uh, but as the fall season hits, don't want to talk about that too soon, but uh, we're ramping up our fantasy football coverage, our Major League Baseball. We have a regular daily fantasy pod out there on that as well with um, – Sorry, losing my notes here. With Joe Orico, uh, MLB Today Pod. You can catch Joe at Joe Orico 99, O R R I C O 99. And if you're into football, fantasy football, uh, starting daily in a couple weeks, it's three days a week right now, but you get JP Sticko and he's doing our fantasy football today. On Twitter, you can find him at JP S T I C C O. So lots of things going on here at Sports Ethos. Check out our website. You can see how much we've been expanding and growing. And I think we're giving you a lot of value for that price uh, for what you can get in the information out there. So big day in Major League Baseball, 16 games. Uh, everybody's playing, and we have a doubleheader between the White Sox. And so let's get right at it. First game of the day, you can get the Cleveland uh, – sorry, the White Sox are at plus 140 in the money line. They're starting Davis Martin. Uh, only pitched 21 innings, 4.29 ERA, 1.24 whip, 7 walks, 17 strikeouts. But he's going against Shane Bieber. You can get the Indians at minus 160. Uh, Bieber, 96 and two-thirds, 3.44 ERA, 1.20 whip, 25 walks and 99 strikeouts. He's been very good. Not great, but very good this year. But a minus 160 just can't grab that number. Uh, total here is 8. If anything, I would lean to the under with Bieber on the hill. Uh, but that game is pretty much a stay away for me. Next game is 640 in the East. And we have the Pittsburgh Pirates and the Marlins. Uh, tough game to handicap here as well. You get Chris Stratton on the hill for the Pirates. They're righty. And you get Daniel Castano, the lefty for Miami. Pirates come in at plus 130 underdogs. You can get the home Marlins minus 150. Total here is eight. You can get the Marlins at plus 135 in the money line. Can't touch this. Still don't have a feel for Castano. He's pitched decent 30 innings, 3.6 ERA. 1.47 whip, which is not good. Nine walks, 17 strikeouts, so very much pitching to contact. Stratton on the other side is doing his usual Chris Stratton things. Uh, 35 innings, 5.14 ERA, 1.51 whip, 11 walks, 33 strikeouts. So kind of a strikeout inning guy, but giving up way too much contact and can't really get a feel for this game either. So uh, pretty much a stay away from me. 705 in East. We have the Reds in New York for a series against the Yankees. Reds start young righty Graham Ashcraft, and the Yankees counter with their ace, Garrett Cole, also a righty. The Reds come in at plus 260. The Yankees at a whopping minus 320. Total here is 8.5. Juice to be over at minus 115. You can get the Yanks on the run line at minus 160. Can't really find my way to any numbers um, that I've just read there. Uh, I like the Yanks. I like them to win easy, but even on the run line at minus 160. Uh, that's a little pricey for me. I looked at the Yankees team total and it was at five and a half. So they would have to score six runs. I think they can do it, but 
a little hesitant to jump on that. So instead, what I did is I went with a Garrett Cole prop uh, over 18 and a half outs. So basically, he has to pitch uh, six and a third innings to cash that. And if you look at what Cole, uh, just trying to pull up some of his game logs, recent game logs at least, uh, he's been getting there fairly consistently. In his last number of games, um, Cole, well, last couple of games, he's only won six innings uh, against Boston, against Cleveland, two tough hitting teams. Um, prior to that, against Houston, went seven against the Rays, seven and a third. And he's getting over 100 innings pitched basically every game uh, right now. So almost over 100 innings pitched, uh, uh, pitched thrown every game. So I like that. I like the fact he's going against Cincinnati. I think he could be long for this game and shut them down. So I could see him pitching well into the sixth, maybe the seventh inning. So it shouldn't be a problem for him to get that number. Can take a quick break when we get back at uh, the rest of the games on this rather large card. Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details. All right, on to the rest of the games. At 7.05 in the East, we have Seattle in Washington to play an interleague series. And just trying to pull up the game here, the Mariners have righty Chris Flexen on the hill. And the Nats throw righty, their young righty, Josiah Gray, who's been doing much better lately. This game is basically coin flip, minus 110 on both sides. You can get a total of nine. And I would lean... Probably to Seattle. They've won eight straight, um, looking to extend it to nine. I do like the way Gray's been pitching. 87 innings, 4.14 ERA, 1.24 whip, 36 walks, so a few too many walks, but 99 strikeouts, and he's really been pitching well since pretty much the start of June. Flex, on the other hand, is an up-and-down kind of guy. 70, uh, sorry, 90 innings, one, 4.00 ERA, 1.4 whip, 32 walks, 62 66 strikeouts. So a few too many walks, not enough strikeouts, pitching to contact, but he's been doing fairly well. And and I think this is basically uh, Seattle having coming in on a hot streak. The market's thinking they're, they're, they're going to continue to do well. Uh, the bats of the Nationals have been cold, but Josiah Gray has been doing well. I'm not on this game. If anything, I would lean towards the, the Nats uh, and Gray. I think Seattle's doing well, uh, maybe playing a little above their skis, but they have they have certainly turned things around and they're back in the wildcard contention, which is good for a team that everybody had predicted that at the start of the year and then almost written off after a cold start. Uh, but I'll probably lean to Washington and Gray, but not going to touch this. Next game is uh, another interdivisional or uh, uh, interleague matchup. The Phillies come to Toronto. And for the Phillies, you get young righty Andrew Bellotti making his first start of the season, I believe. And the Jays get their righty Jose Barrios on the hill. Phillies come in at plus 165, Jays minus 185. Total here, nine and a half. Well, nine and a half, but used to the under, minus 120. You can get over, uh, I can see, I'm seeing basically even money, plus 100. You also get the Jays in the run line at plus 100. The Jays come in cold and... Uh, the question is, you don't know who who or what to expect from Balati. So he has 28 innings this year, 3.14 ERA, 1.22 WHIP, 12 walks, 41 strikeouts. So impressive numbers, but he hasn't gone more than a few innings in any one game. So I don't see him going very far. Barrios 
has been as hot and cold as anybody could be this year. Well, maybe not as hot, but certainly as cold. 89 to third innings, 5.44 ERA, 1.39 whip, 23 walks, 73 strikeouts. He's pitched better at home. He has not pitched well in the last month. If anything, I think there's money or value on the fills at plus 165. That's a huge number. You know, a young pitcher coming in against a cold team. They haven't seen him before. Maybe he goes two, three. Maybe they stretch him to four. Uh, Phil's can put up some runs against Barrios and pull out, pull out the win and a plus 165. Probably some value. I'm not on the game. I like the Jays uh, to win, but just not at that price at minus 185. So going to stay away from that for me. Next game, 7-10 in the East. We get the Red Sox and Chris Sale making his season debut, finally back from the injured list versus the old veteran Corey Kluber, who's been having a pretty good year. You get the road Red Sox as favorites at minus 115, the home Rays at minus 105. Total here, seven and a half. Juice to the under at minus 120. You can get the over at even plus 100. You can also get the Red Sox on the run line at plus 140. Sale obviously has no numbers. Kluber on the year, 82 innings, 3.62 ERA, 1.11 whip. 13 walks and 72 strikeouts, although he has slowed down a little bit lately, it seemed. Uh, just trying to pull up some of his game logs here. In his last well, last game against these Red Sox, went six innings, three hits, no runs, no walks, five strikeouts. Prior to that, three innings against the Jays, seven hits, five earned runs, two walks and a strikeout. Uh, against Pittsburgh, five and a third, five hits, two earned runs. Against Baltimore, six innings, four hits, two earned runs. So decent. I mean, Pittsburgh and Baltimore aren't exactly world beaters. The Jays hit him pretty hard, but he shut down the Red Sox. So it's going to be interesting, though. That was a week ago, six days ago, he, played, he faced Tampa. So you never know. Uh, it's always tough to beat a team twice uh, or pitch against a team twice in a week and you get the batters um, seeing them. Although the Red Sox will probably be without Rafael Devers. He seems to, to be out uh, day to day, I think with a hand injury. So that certainly helps Kluber. This is a tough call, tough game for me to handicap. I was going to go uh, first five under and the problem is it's about three and a half. So I can see the Sox getting to Kluber for two, you know, Sox getting to him for two or three runs and then sale. If he, he gives up a run or two, all of a sudden we're looking at that over. So, I was also looking at the uh, Tampa run line of under because I figured Sale will pitch well, but the run line, the first five for Tampa or the total team total for Tampa is one and a half. So he, Sale would have to basically hold them to one runs or less in the first five. And that's probably what I'm going to be on. Uh, not quite there yet. Going to wait a little closer to game time, but probably going to be on um, the under Tampa first five of one and a half. Game two of the White, uh, White Sox. Guardians doubleheader uh, is Dylan Cease and Dylan Cease, the righty on the hill for Chicago, and Connor Pilkington, the lefty on the hill for Cleveland. You can get Cease and the White Sox at minus 170, Pilkington at plus 150. Total here is eight and a half. You can get the Sox on the run line at minus 105. Sox always hit lefties well. Um, Pilkington has not put up great numbers. I see this as probably a Sox win. Minus 170 is tough to get to. And I don't like laying the run line with the Sox. Although they hit lefties well, they're just so inconsistent. Cease comes in, 92 innings, 2.45 ERA, 43 walks. So too many walks. He always gives up too many walks and drives his pitch count up, which is a challenge. 133 strikeouts, 1.23 whip. And the challenge against... Uh, Cleveland is they don't strike out a lot. He's been a great strikeout pitcher, 133 strikeouts and 92 innings. I'm not sure if he's still leading the AL, but I know he's pretty close. Certainly top two or three, if not number one. Um, 
But Cleveland doesn't strike out a lot. So they're going to put balls in play. They're going to work the count. And the question is, how long can he go in the game? I was looking at some innings props for him, uh, but decided to stay away. Flip side that, Pilkington, 35 in the third inning. So not a huge sample size, but 4.0 ADRA, 1.67 whip, 20 walks, 34 strikeouts. So striking out a batter a game, but giving up way too many walks. So I just, uh, I'm not really sure where to go with this game. Maybe the Sox run line. I'm going to probably hold off. You never. I want to see what the lineups are for the second game. If uh, Ramirez happens to sit, Cleveland sits out a few of their better bats, then all of a sudden Cease becomes even better played. Maybe for a strikeout prop. Probably not a strikeout prop because, as I said, Cleveland does not strike out very much. Um, but at minus 170, I can't see myself, if I do back that, laying more than one unit. I'm not going to go 1.7 units uh, to grab that with the Sox bats. Even though they hit lefties well, they are still the Sox this year. And, I've been wildly inconsistent. And then total eight and a half. If anything, I would look uh, maybe to the under here. I can see Cease, uh, again, depending on the lineup, if Ramirez is out of the lineup for Cleveland, really shutting the Guardians down. So maybe grab a team total. Um, Cleveland team total. I think I looked at the under for the first half, and it was, again, one and a half. So the first five innings, one and a half. So he'd have to completely shut them down. He can do it, but again, uh, they don't strike out much. They put the ball in play. They're apt to, to to play a little small ball and score a run or two, and then your first half team total is done. So, gonna wait on that. See what the see what the Guardians lineup is, and then maybe perhaps make a bet with Cease, either total number of outs or total strikeouts. Next game is in Atlanta, where we get the Braves. Yesterday beat the Braves behind Max Scherzer. And now the Braves throw Spencer Strider out there, their young righty who's been mowing everybody down. The Mets counter with David Peterson, their young lefty, who's having a decent season as well. Peterson comes in 5-1 record with 52 innings, sorry, 62 innings, 3.4 ADRA, 1.27 whip, 27 walks, 67 strikeouts. So walking too many guys, but striking out a batter in a little more than batter in Strider 4-2, and two, 65 and two-thirds innings, 2.6 ERA, 0.97 whip. 25 walks and 102 strikeouts. He has been pitching fantastic. Uh, I, Braves come in at minus 210 in the money line. The Mets at plus 175. Total here, 8.5. You can get the Braves on the run line at plus 100. I actually think there's value in the Mets. You know, straight up, I like Strider over Peterson. The way the Braves have been hitting versus the Mets have been hitting lately, I like them. But the Mets are a good team. Um, a little cold lately. Lonzo, if he can shake out of his slump. Um, would certainly help things out for them. And Lindor hasn't been hitting great. Hit a few home runs in the last month, but hasn't been hitting great. But so if their bats could wake up just a little at plus 175, uh, I think they could beat the Braves. And Strider, as well as he's been pitching, throws a lot of pitches. It doesn't go deep into, I mean, because he strikes so many guys out. Doesn't traditionally go deep into games. You know, when I pull up there, um, I was looking at even him for some um, props, but he, uh, uh, not even outs props or strikeouts. Um, but he doesn't. He hasn't been going all that deep in the games. The last three games, six innings, 100 pitches. Six innings, 93 pitches. Six innings, 95 pitches. Before that, three and two thirds, 70 pitches. Before that, five and two thirds, 106 pitches. So he hasn't gone over six innings yet. And the out prop, I think, was at uh, six and a third. So didn't want to touch that. Peterson, on the other hand. I, I was looking at a K prop for him because he can get some strikeouts. As I said, he's striking out about a batter inning, and Atlanta strikes out a lot. 
Um, in his last few games, he struck out seven against Cincinnati, 10 against Texas, eight against Miami, seven against Miami, three against Milwaukee, six against the Dodgers. So might look at a strikeout prop for Peterson. The question is just how long does he last in the game? If he gets knocked around early, he's not going to get there. If he can get to five or six innings, there's a good chance um, that he could hit his strikeout prop. Next game is in Minnesota, and we have the Brewers against the Twins. The Brewers have Jason Alexander, their righty on the hill, and Minnesota has Josh Winder, Winder on the hill, I believe it is. The Brewers come in at plus 125 underdogs. The home Twinkies at minus 145. Total here, nine and a half. You can get the Twins on the run line at plus 145. I'm looking to the Twins, minus 145. A little steep. I like them to win. I'm not sure I'm going to be jumping on that number. I might a little closer to the game if I can get a little cheaper. I was looking for some pitcher props as well. Um, these guys both give up a lot of hits, a lot of balls in play. Alexander in just 36 innings, 4.75 ERA, 1.72 whip, 15 walks and 17 strikeouts. So not striking out a lot of guys. Winder, 40 in the third innings, 3.12 ERA, 1.24 whip, 12 walks and 27 strikeouts. So he's limiting walks a little better, but not striking out a lot of guys. Um, just can't really, couldn't really find any number that worked. I like the Twins, don't really want to lay 145, and I don't know that I like them on the run line, although plus 145 is a pretty big number if you like them on there. Next game of the night is in St. Louis, where the Dodgers come to town. You get righty Mitch White on the hill for the Dodgers and young lefty Matthew Libatori on the hill for St. Louis. Dodgers come in at minus 155. The home card's plus 135. Total here is 8.5, juice to the over at minus 120. You can get the Dodgers in the run line at plus 105. Now, I like the Dodgers. I, I'm not a huge supporter of Libertori. His numbers 24 and two-thirds innings. So not, a, not a huge sample size, but his minor league numbers were pretty average this year, too. 4.74 ERA, 1.74 whip. That doesn't work against the Dodgers. You're putting on that many base runners per inning, just under two base runners per inning. Uh, Dodgers are going to hurry up. 14 walks, 22 strikeouts. Just under a strikeout inning, but way too many walks. Mitch White now ends up pretty good. 40 innings, 3.3, ERA, 1.15 whip. 15 walks and 39 strikeouts, so he's striking out a batter in any two. And what I am on in this game is a Mitch White over 15 and a half out. So he basically has to go five and a third innings. And I got that at DraftKings at plus 140. Now, this is a little bit of a risky play, but I think they're building up his – and the reason I did this is I think they're building up his pitches, uh, his pitch count. And if you look at his numbers uh, over his – Last few games, so he went 102 innings. Innings, I keep saying that. 102 pitches against Colorado, five and two thirds innings. 80 against San Diego, four and two thirds. 75 in four innings against Atlanta. 69 in five innings against the White Sox. 78 in five innings against Pittsburgh. So, in reverse order, 78. 69, 75, 80, 102. As long as he doesn't get rocked, and he hasn't been so far. He has got one game against Atlanta, he gave up three and runs. Other And Pittsburgh actually gave up three and runs. Other than that, he hasn't given up more than one earned run in his last six starts. So as long as he doesn't get hit too hard um, by the cards, who do tend to strike out a fair bit, they I think they're top 10 strikeouts. So uh, as long as he doesn't get too hit too hard against the cards, I see him getting too close to five innings and hopefully over as they're building his pitch count. And all he has to do is get through five and a third to cash this. And I figured at plus 140, there's some value there. So I'm on Mitch White over 15 and a half outs at plus 140 in this game. 
Looking to the Dodgers, I may take that run line at plus 105. I just think they get the Libertari. Again, he's he's allowing way, way too many guys on base, uh, way too many hits, and the Dodgers are a team that's going to make you pay for that. Next game of the night, we have Baltimore in Chicago against the Cubbies. Just making sure I'm on the right list. Yep. For the O's, and they come in on a nine-game win streak, I think it is. Jordan Lyles, the righty, is on the hill. And for the Cubbies, Adrian Sampson, their righty, is on the hill. Or is a plus 100, and you get the Cubs as the home favorite, minus 120. Total here is nine. You can get the Cubbies at plus 170 on the run line. Lyles has been kind of in hot and cold this year. Seems to be able to hold down the fourth, but never too exciting. 98 innings, 4.5 ERA, 1.4 whip, 31 walks, too many walks, 81 strikeouts. Adrian Sampson's had a pretty good season with only 21 and two-thirds, a pretty small uh, sample size, 2.91 ERA, 1.02 whip, three walks, and 19 strikeouts. So limiting base runners by not walking guys and striking out just under a batter in inning. Uh, the problem is I just can't trust the Cubs' bats, even at home. Everybody loves to back the Cubs at home, and they've been brutal this year at home, frankly. Um, wind looks like it's probably not blowing out. Total's only nine. Um, so I'm... Tempted to back Lyles at an even plus 100. The Cubbies at minus 120. Um, but game's really probably a stay away for me. I'm going to look at that a little closer, closer to game time. But probably a stay away for me. Next game is in Texas, where the Oakland A's are in town. You get the right of James Caprillion on the hill. And Texas throws their right of Glenn Otto. You can get the road athletics at plus 140. The home Rangers minus 160. Total here, 8.5. Juice to the over at minus 120. You can get the Rangers on the run line at plus one, 120 as well. Caprillion comes in 64 innings, 5.06 ERA, 1.39 whip, 31 walks. Way too many walks and 41 strikeouts. Glenn Otto, on the other hand, 51 in the third innings, 5.26 ERA, 1.5 whip, 32 walks. Also way too many walks and 40 strikeouts. So this is a tough one to call. Uh, the A's just don't score. Right? You just can't back the A's. I mean, straight up, I like Caprillion. He's pitched a little better than I think his last couple outings, um, but hasn't hasn't done enough consistently throughout the year. And the problem is he's just got those Oakland bats behind. And Otto, I'm not I haven't been a huge fan of either. Uh, when I pull up Caprillion's last outing against the Jays, six innings, five hits, one earned run, four walks, one strikeout. Uh, prior to that, against Seattle, six innings, three hits, one earned run, two walks, four strikeouts. So last couple outings have been decent. Uh, Glenn Otto's just very average, I think. Uh, lost to Baltimore, five innings, three hits, two uh, two runs, one earned run, three walks, five strikeouts against the Mets, four innings, four hits, four earned runs, three walks, and a strikeout against Washington, two innings, six hits, six earned runs, three walks, and a strikeout. So can't really back either of these guys. You know, straight up, you you, you would think there's some value at plus 140 in Oakland, but they may, they may go and score one or two runs. So um, Texas has been hitting a little better lately. And Corey Seager's been on fire, hit another home run yesterday, cast my, uh, I think I had him over one and a half bases, so uh, prop. He cast that for me yesterday. So I like the Rangers here, but I'm minus 160, can't take that. I'm not going to take the Rangers on the run line, um, even at plus 120. Next game of the night has is probably the least exciting sexy pitchers duel, in my opinion. We are in... Kansas City, the Tigers still in town. Bo Brisky, the righty for the Tigers on the hill, and Chris Bubich, the lefty on the hill for KC. You get the Tigers at plus 100, the home Royals and Bubich at minus 120. 
Total here, eight and a half, juice to the under at minus 120. You can get the home Royals at plus 170 in the run line, and there's no way I'd be touching the Royals. Brisky, 75 and two-thirds innings, 4.16 ERA, 1.22 whip, 24 walks, 50 strikeouts. So walking a few too many guys, not striking out enough, but uh, he's managed to limit a lot of big beginnings and damage. So not bad. Two and six record isn't very good. That speaks to the offense behind him. But not bad high-level numbers. The flip side is Bubich, 48 and two-thirds innings, 6.84 ERA, 1.87 whip, 32 walks, and 42 strikeouts. Uh, I know they have high hopes for this guy, but he just isn't pitching um, at the major league level right now, or he's at the major league level. He's not pitching as a quality, even close to a quality major leaguer right now. When you look at his recent games, too, he's had some real blow-ups. Um Last game out against Houston, five and a third, four hits, three walks, six strikeouts, five, uh, six walks, five strikeouts. Prior to that against these Tigers, four and two thirds, five hits, two walks, sorry, five hits, two earned runs, three walks, four strikeouts. Against Texas, four and two thirds, nine hits, four, seven runs, four and runs, three walks, two strikeouts. Um, he's just been getting hit hard. The Tigers hit lefties a little better than they do righties. Might be some value of taking the plus 100. I think Briskin can keep them in the games, although his last outing against the White Sox, Briskin was good. Six and, six and a third, two hits, no runs, a walk, and four strikeouts. But against Kansas City, the game before that, these same rounds, six innings, six hits, three earned runs, three walks, three strikeouts. Against Arizona, three and two-thirds, five hits, five earned runs, three walks, two strikeouts. Against the Red Sox, five innings, six hits, four earned runs, no walks, four strikeouts. These guys are both giving up runs. Giving up a lot of runs. So you look at the total, eight and a half. Can't really get there, though, with these two offenses, especially playing in KC. So anything might back Brisky at plus 100. If I can get a little better line there, I'd be on the Tigers, but probably a stay away from me. As you can tell, another tough slate. Just not really on a lot of these games uh, on the straight-up numbers. Next game, 840 in the East. We have the Padres continuing their series in Colorado. Mike Clevenger is on the hill for San Diego. They're righty. And Austin Gomber, the lefty, is on the hill for Colorado. You get the Padres at minus 140. You get the home Rockies at plus 120. Total here is 11, which is exactly the number it landed on yesterday. Juice to the over at minus 115. And you get the Padres in the run line at plus 105. Uh, not really on anything in this game either. Uh, I like San Diego. I like Clevenger. I might look to take them at minus 140. Gomber has just not been pitching well. Gomber comes in 78 innings, 6.46 ERA, 1.45 whip, 23 walks, 59 strikeouts. Clevenger, on the other hand, is rebound from Tommy John surgery. 35 innings, 3.34 ERA, 1.17 whip, 12 walks, 36 strikeouts. So I like him. I like him to win. The problem is in, in Coors, you just never know who's, who's going to uh, show up. So at the pods of minus 140, if I get that a little cheaper, uh, I might look to that. Don't like taking run lines in, in Coors Field. It's just so many runs scored. And a plus 105, there's not a huge, not a lot of value there, I don't think. Second last game of the night, and I'm on a couple plays here. We have the Astros in L.A. to face the Angels. Houston throws righty Luis Garcia, and the Angels counter with Thor. They're righty Noah Syndergaard. You can get the Astros on the road at minus 125 and the home Angels at plus 105. Everybody's saying this, there's there's a trap. Nobody can figure what this line is and are we walking into a trap. But what the heck, you can do it anyways. The total here is eight. Um, and you can get the Astros on the run line at plus 130. 
I'm actually going to be on Houston. I got them at minus 125. So I'm going to be on that play. And I'm also on Luis Garcia over 15 and a half outs. So he has to basically pitch five and a third innings. Got that at minus 110. I think he has the ability to do it. His numbers on the season, 82 and two thirds innings, 3.81 ERA, 1.09 whip, 22 walks, 87 strikeouts. Syndergaard, 70 and a third innings, uh, 3.84 ERA, 1.17 whip. 16 walks, 55 strikeouts. Not getting the strikeouts he used to, um, but having a decent season. Now, there's speculation, obviously, that he may be up up to be traded. I think he's on a one-year deal, and the Angels are just completely crapping the bed. So they're, they could be, they should be looking to next year, and they probably should be moving him. Garcia recently, though, so I'm looking at him to go five and a third innings. He's gone uh, six and a third against Kansas City, five and a third against the Yanks, five against the Yanks, six against Texas in his last four outings. Also, his pitches, uh, they seem to be 92 against Texas, 983 against the Mets. Sorry, I said the Yankees. The second game was the Mets. 101 against the Yankees, 88 against Kansas City. So they seem to be letting him go into the 90-pitch range, 90-plus pitch range. And uh, L.A. does strike out a lot. I was looking at a strikeout prop for Garcia, but I decided to, to stay away from that. Uh, the Angels are – I think they strike out almost the most against any right – Against right-handed pitching in baseball, they strike out about every 3.38 at bats. So if you kind of do the math, if Garcia can get to uh, five innings, that's 15 outs plus a few walks and hits. If he's getting to 20, 21, 22 batters, you're getting close to that six, six and a half. I think the prop was six and a half strikeouts. So I didn't want to really go on seven strikeouts. May reconsider that, um, taking his over six and a half strikeout prop. But for now, I'm just going to be on the total outs that he gets, which is 15 and a half over 15 and a half. I think the Astros win and at minus 125. I think there's some value there. So happy to jump on that one. The next and last game of the night has the D-backs in San Francisco to face the Giants. You get aging, aging fast lefty Dallas Keiko on the hill for Arizona. And you get righty Logan Webb, their staff ace so far this year, on the hill for the Giants. D-backs made a plus 185, home Giants minus 225 on the money line. Numbers juice the under at minus one at eight, but at minus one fifteen, and you can get the Giants on the run line at plus one hundred. Uh, what I'm going to do here is I'm going to take the Giants' first five team total over two and a half. Keuchel's been getting hit, and he's been getting hit hard. Ninety-one innings this year, nine point six eight ERA. That's right, he's given up more than one run an inning. Ninety-one innings, nine point six eight ERA, one point nine three WHIP, almost two runners per inning. And this is what killed six walks. Very impressive. So he's not walking, guys. I almost think this is a typo. Sorry, not 91 innings. I said 91 innings earlier. I'm sorry. Uh, 9.1 innings uh, for the D-backs. 9.6 ERA, 1.93 whip, six walks, and 10 strikeouts. He has been struggling, just to say the least. Um, I'm sorry. Those numbers are all completely off for Keiko. He's been bad, but he hasn't been that bad. Sorry, I'm trying to pull up these numbers correctly. Let me just pull up another screen here. Okay, sorry about that. Let's try this. Keiko comes in with 48.1 innings pitched, 1.945 whip. So I was right in that. 7.16 ERA. He has been atrocious, to say the least, this year. And he's been giving up runs. He's been giving up hits. So I'm going to be on the Giants' first five innings. 
uh, over two and a half runs. I got that at plus 105 on DK. So anywhere, anywhere about anywhere around even, even down to minus 110, I would take that. And then I'm also going to be on web to go over 18.5 outs. So he has to go six in the third innings. And when I pull up his numbers recently, so this screen is correct for web. Yes, it is. Uh, He's gone there. He's gone close to that in most of his games recently. So he has to get to six and a third innings. He's gone six and eight innings against San Diego, 103 pitches. Six innings against the White Sox, 101 pitches. Uh, six innings against Cincy, 97 pitches. Seven innings against Atlanta, 107 pitches. Seven innings against KC, 112 pitches. So in most of his recent outings, they were slowly building him up earlier in the year, but in Five of his last six outings, he's gone over 100 pitches, and in the one he didn't, he went 97. So I think he should be able to limit uh, Arizona. I think if San Fran can get up early, he can even be allowed to give up a few runs and still be allowed to stay in there. So I like Webb. I like the way he's pitching, and I think he can get through six and a third. So I got that at minus 110, over 18 and a half outs for Logan Webb. So that wraps up the board today. Not a lot of straight plays, totals, or uh, or numbers. Uh, more on the prop side, I just didn't see a lot of value in a lot of these games. I like a couple. I like Houston, obviously, on the money line. And I'm looking at the Red Sox maybe on the money line over Tampa. But other than that, I've got a few player props in there, um, some pitching props. So something to watch, something to hopefully make some money on. Hope you enjoyed the show. Uh, before I go, though, I do want to remind you of one of our partners here. And that's Manscaped. If you haven't already, go to manscaped.com and use the coupon code HOOPBALL20. That's HOOPBALL20 for 20% off your order and free shipping when you check out. Hope everybody enjoyed the show. Hope you have a great day watching some ball tonight as that is kind of the only thing on the schedule. And I'll catch you tomorrow. 